Please turn with me to Colossians chapter 3. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Well, I hope you'll leave your Bibles open with me in Colossians chapter 3. We're going to continue our series in Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 4 this morning. Uh, We've done things a a little bit, um, uh, well, I have preached things a little bit out of order. Um, I began this series three weeks ago uh, where we looked at justification, uh, which is the first implication of union with Christ. And then I actually preached on glorification last week at Cross Point Coast Cape Canaveral. And I want you to know that as I shared with them and as Joel came and shared with us, I brought your greetings to the church there and they're truly glad to be able to be together uh, as a church in Brevard County. And just know that there are, there's a really sweet gospel-centered ministry taking place there in a pavilion in a beautiful park in Cape Canaveral. Some of you just heard pavilion and beautiful park and you thought, maybe I'll try it out next week. I'd recommend it. Uh, go right ahead. Uh, and you, we, even as next week we begin our sermon series in the book of Mark, uh, as we look at this fast-paced, action-packed movement of Jesus through his ministry in the gospel of Mark beginning next week. Joel and Justin will be beginning that series uh, in Cape here as well as in Palm Bay. This morning we are in Colossians chapter 3 again. Joel Fair preached on sanctification last week, what it means to be being made holy in Christ on the foundation of his justifying grace. And then today we move into glorification. What I want to do is I want to begin us by recalling a couple things that I pointed you to a couple weeks ago. Uh, The first is a quotation by John Murray. In that quote, uh, in his book, Redemption Accomplished and Applied, he writes, Union with Christ is the central truth of the whole doctrine of salvation. It is not simply a phase of the application of redemption. It underlies every aspect of of redemption. Now, you might wonder, why are we talking about uh, this idea of union with Christ? Well, it's in our passage this morning. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God and in reference to a theme that appears just about more than any other theme in all of the epistles of the Apostle Paul as well as other writers in the New Testament about what it means to be united with Christ. When we began this series a couple weeks ago, we did talk about how justification is the first implication of union with Christ. And just to catch us up, to make sure we recall what justification means, it really answers the question, what, what does it mean to be in Christ? It means that we will not be judged on our own account, but rather we are cleansed by the justifying, just justification, justifying, forgiving work of Christ on the cross to die in our place, and we are united with Christ in his resurrection, so he has secured life for his people by grace, through faith, 
This is justification, the first implication of being united with Christ. The second implication that Joel Fair unpacked for us, and really, it's the main point of this passage. So you've already heard the main point of Colossians chapter 3, but there is a literally glorious point that we're going to draw out today. But the main point of Colossians chapter 3 is what it means to live in light of this identity that we have in Christ. We've been hidden with Christ. The world has no power over us. What does it look like to live as a people for whom sin has no power? And then today, we're going to look at glorification. What does it mean to appear with Him in glory? To appear with Christ in glory? Our life is hidden with Christ in God. And so if the world, death, sin, and the devil have no power over us in this world, what will it look like when the world finally passes away and all there is is glory? What will that look like? Well, that will look like glorification. It's one of the most beautiful things that we could talk about today. As the passage says in verse 4, our last verse of our text this morning, when Christ, who is your life, appears. Now I'm wondering what happens then. Because we're told when, when Christ who is your life appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Now there are 800 question marks about that verse. What in the world is it? When is he going to appear? What does it mean for him to appear? What will it look like? What does it mean that we'll appear with him? What does it mean that we'll appear with him in glory? What is glory? What degree of glory? What does it specifically look like? Are you curious about these things? We'll maybe answer two or three of those questions as we work our way through this passage today. For now, let us begin in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are the glorious one. And though you have dwelt in glory, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, forever, the Son, this great second person of the Trinity, stepped from his throne in glory to take on flesh, that you might both live righteous, that you might be tempted though without sin, that you would die in the place of sinners, having our sin placed upon your account, and drink the cup of wrath that was due to me, due to us, and that you have raised. And Lord, you have secured this place of glory again, of the right hand of God, and this time, your church, your redeemed people, the ones that the Father has given to you, are with you in glory. We pray that you would cause us to grow in our understanding of these things, but even more than that, even prior to that, we would grow in our curiosity, anticipation of these things. Thank you, Lord. We pray this in the name of Jesus, the glorious one, we pray. Amen. I've prayed it. I've mentioned it a couple weeks ago. I would remind us that the union with Christ is a Trinitarian work. We believe in God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the triune God, the one who is one and three. And so when we speak about redemption, you can't talk about redemption without talking about the three persons of the Holy Spirit. Union is through the election of the Father. Union is through the work of the Son. 
And the union is through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. We do well to remember that when we're talking about union with Christ, we're not talking about the second person of the Trinity alone, Jesus. We're talking about the fullness of who God is and what he has done for his people. And I hope that by reflecting upon the, the triune work of God in redemption, our appetite is being whetted. What does it look like for our God to work in redemption? Well, it looks like union with Christ. Look at verse 3 with me. I hope your Bibles are still open. You can follow along. Look at these words. Each have such precious meaning. For you have died. You have died. We look at that in detail a couple weeks ago. And your life is hidden with Christ in God. As I mentioned, our focus this morning is on glorification. We're talking about that part of redemption that has not yet been revealed. We know and experience what it is to be justified by God. We know and are experiencing what it is to be sanctified. But we have not yet fully seen that which will appear with him in glory. We have not seen our glorification with Christ and in Christ. It's been promised. It's been described. But it hasn't yet been seen. Now, it's not fully true. We have caught some pretty good glimpses of glory. We've seen Christ in the transfiguration. We've seen that described where his disciples, three, are with him on the Mount of Transfiguration and, and they see his glory and it says in our passage that we are caught up with him. All right? And our glory will be revealed with him. We've seen glimpses of glorification in the transfiguration. We've seen glimpses of glory in the resurrected body of Jesus Christ. Let us remember that when he died, he died. Jesus actually died. He wasn't some sort of special body that couldn't die. He could just swoon. No. He actually died in his mortal flesh. But when he rose, he rose with a glory glorious resurrected body that will no longer die. So we get a glimpse of what glory looks like when we see the resurrected body of Jesus Christ. When I say we see, we know the disciples saw, we know the women saw, we know that the 500 witnesses saw his glorified body and they recorded that account for us. If you want to see a wonderful description of it, look at 1 John chapter 1, and just read the first few pages, speaking about how we saw him, we touched him, we heard him. We have these descriptions of Jesus in Revelation, again, giving us more glimpses into glory. What does it look like? Read Revelation 1 through 5, and you see some incredible descriptions that are mind-blowing. You have to think, some of this has to be metaphor, because it seems to be describing something that we have no comparison truly for. We're going to have to see it to truly understand. We have it, we've seen these descriptions, we've heard them, we've meditated on them, but we have not yet seen them with our own eyes. When we're talking about glorification, aren't we talking about our glorification? Isn't that what the doctrine of 
glorification means? It means that we are justified, we are being sanctified, and we will be glorified. Well, why are we talking so much about Jesus? Why are we talking so much about Jesus if we're actually supposed to be talking about our glorification? Well, this is the, this is the thing that'll blow your mind and it'll cause you to be curious. And curious should be an understated word. The whole point of union with Christ is that we are hidden in him. That's why we're talking about Christ. Because when we talk about the glory of Christ, we're talking about the glory in which we have been hidden, in which we have found a new identity. If I want to know about the glory that awaits me, I don't just wonder what I might look like. I look at Christ. That's why this passage says so much about considering the things that are above. Set your mind on things that are above. If we see Christ in his glory, we catch a glimpse of our own glory. Christ is our glory. We'll talk more about this in just a second. This passage says, when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will appear with him in glory. But we are already hidden with Christ in God. Isn't this true? But you see, I don't see that. I don't feel like I experience it. No eye has seen, ear has heard these things. John the Revelator got a glimpse of it and he recorded these things for us in Revelation. But I haven't seen what it looks like to be glorified, hidden with Christ in God. But let me ask you a question. If a tree falls, I just thought of this question this week. All right, you with me? Are you excited to hear this? If a tree falls in the forest, does it make a sound? All right, I just thought of that. This is thinking, right? <laughs> if you haven't seen something, if you haven't heard something, did it really happen? Or do you have to see it for it to be real and true? You see, my eyes haven't seen, my ears haven't heard what glory looks like to be hidden with Christ in God. But does that make it not true? More importantly, when a tree falls in the forest and you aren't there to see it, no other human is there to see it, does it make a sound? Well, the squirrels say yes. Yes, it does, and we had to get out of the way quickly. We had to jump out of the tree to the next one. Just because we aren't there doesn't mean that others aren't there and bear witness to the reality of the tree falling. Well, in heaven, there are the angels who are the messengers and servants of God, and they see. They know what it looks like for Christ to be on the throne. They know what it looks like for the church to be secure in him. They have seen is what is hidden still real? Is it real that you and I, all who are in Christ, are hidden with Christ in God? If you know that something amazing has been hidden, what do you do? Come on now, think about it. Think about times when you know something has been hidden and it's amazing and exciting and glorious. What do you do? Well, the first thing you probably do is you long for it to be revealed and that longing for it to be revealed will cause you to search for it. Y'all know what I'm talking about when we start talking about tracking numbers, all right? 
Like you ordered that thing, that thing that you've been excited about, that you've been thinking about, and it's coming, and what do you do? You search for it. All right, you, you pull up the tracking numbers. There is a glorious thing. I think it's UPS that does this. You can click on the tracking number and it will tell you when the truck is in your neighborhood, right? When you're excited about something to be revealed and then light shines out of that Amazon box and there it is, right? And you know the box is coming. You search for it. But what if you are told there is nothing that you can do to make that hidden thing arrive any quicker? There's nothing, you, you're still going to search for it, even though you can't make that UPS truck show up at your house any quicker, you still search for it, you still wonder when. When is the when, when Christ, who is your life, appears? When is that? But the second thing you do, at least I know many of you do this, we're, we're a church that's filled with researchers. All right, what I do is I get tired of just watching that truck not be in my neighborhood, and I start doing Google searches about the thing that I ordered. And I read reviews about it, and I watch YouTube videos about it, and I, I just want to know more about what is coming. So when it comes, does any of that research change what is? Does any of that checking the tracking number make it happen quicker? No. But I know I have joy in whatever's coming, and I want to know everything that there is to know when it gets there. Friends, we have glory hidden with Christ in God. I don't know of any cosmic UPS truck, all right? But I do know a place to search and research that which is hidden. Do you long to see the glory of Christ that is hidden with Christ in God? As we discover these ways of searching, our, our expectation is, is built up, our anticipation builds, we anticipate it with our joy, and we're prepared for its coming. Even to the degree that this bleeds into last week's conversation about sanctification, it begins to change the way that we are today in anticipation of what is coming. And friends, glorious coming. The glory of Christ, which is the revelation of his own glory, is coming. Are we searching for it? Does it have our, our attention and therefore our anticipation? Verse 4. In verse 4 we see Christ, who is your life. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. I want to take us over to another passage of Scripture. Like I said, the Apostle Paul speaks about this more than just about anything else that he speaks about. In Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, it says this, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live. And everybody who's looking at Paul, it sure looks like you, Paul. But Paul anticipates this reality so much so that he knows that what is hidden is real. It's no longer I who live, he says, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in this flesh, I live by faith. Man, I've seen it by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. 
You see, union with Christ is not just an abstract doctrine. For those of you who get tired of hearing the word doctrine and big words, friends, it's not just doctrine. It's love. It is to be united with the one who loved me and gave himself for me. This is what we're talking about. We're not talking about about plumbing the depths of abstract doctrine with many words. We're talking about plumbing the depths of the implications of God's love for us. It's the result of an expression of love. Salvation is a gift of generosity and joy. And note the the role that faith plays in it. We live by faith in this reality because it hasn't been fully revealed. We haven't seen it with our eyes or heard it with our ears, but we have taken hold of that which is real by faith. By faith in the Word. By faith in the Spirit. By faith in the work. By faith in the Father. So life is an expression of God's love for us that we take hold of and explore and anticipate by faith. I want to take us to another passage of Scripture, Romans. Romans chapter 8, verses 16 and 17. Great passage to even jot in the margin of your Bible here in Colossians. Romans 8, 16 and 17. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. You see, God knows we haven't seen it, so we need witnesses to bear witness to what we have not seen. The spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, fellow heirs, you hear this? With Christ. What does it mean to be with Christ? In God. It means to be heirs. What heirs of what? Inheritors how? Where? Heirs with Christ. Inheritance with Him. Heirs of God, fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with Him in order that we may also be glorified with Him. Much of our sanctification is in the midst of suffering. Much of our sanctification is we in this mortal body clinging to our God for our life in the hope that we will be glorified with him. What did Jesus do? We cling to the Father all the way through this obedient death. And what did he receive? Glory. Well, we don't accomplish that. I'm not good enough. I don't cling well enough. And my righteousness isn't sufficient to achieve glory. But Christ is. So what do I do? I cling to him. I cling to him in his life, in his death, and in the hope of his resurrection. Note that this is connected directly with adoption. We get to put aside our old name and take on a new name because we have been made children of God, heirs with him, inheritors of everything that it is to be children of God. In Romans chapter 8, verse 15, the verse right before this passage, it says, for you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. We get to cry out to our God through Christ, 
Father and all that it means to be like that of a firstborn son, inheritors with the firstborn from among the dead, Jesus Christ. Inheritors with him of a kingdom of glory. Union with Christ is not only relational, it's familial. It's these loved us unto adoption. We have been united not as a, not like a family, but actually family. Now we're told in verse 4 also, it says, when Christ appears. 1 John chapter 3, verse 2. Beloved, we are God's children now. And what we will be like has not yet appeared. So there is a what we will be like. We just haven't seen it yet. It hasn't appeared yet. But we know that when he appears, we will be like him. Again, why are we talking about so much about Jesus if we're talking about our glorification? We'll be like him. So if I want to know what it looks like to be glorified, I look to Christ. We will be like him because we shall see him as he is. There are lots of places I would love to go, places I would like to appear. For instance, this afternoon, one of the places I long to appear is on my couch with my feet up on our coffee table and just rest there for a while. Who's in for that one? Who would like to appear in that place? All right, there's lots of places I would love to appear. Some of you are travelers. You love to travel the world and you would love to appear at Niagara Falls and see the beauty of God's creation there. But friends, there is nothing that tops appearing with him in glory. And yet, man, I anticipate the couch. It's just a couch, people, to give just a momentary comfort to this mortal body. There's something wrong with Jeremiah that he does not anticipate appearing with him in glory. The central longing of redemption is that we would see Christ, who is our life, who wants to appear with him in glory then you also will appear with him in glory, it says. You also will appear. When Christ appears, you will appear. Peter O'Brien says this. Commentator writes, our heavenly life will be fully manifest, will be fully made known in all its glory when Christ who embodies it appears at his parousia, or his, his appearing. When he appears, at his appearing, we will see what glory made known looks like. We too, who share his life, will share in his glorious appearing, his glorious epiphany. What is, this is the key, what is now secretly present, what is now hidden present, what is still in the box for us, what is now secretly present shall be revealed when Christ shall appear. And I anticipate Amazon boxes, people. What is wrong with Jeremiah? What is secretly present? This is why our lives are lived by faith. We believe that there is something that we have not yet seen, but we trust the one who has seen it. We live by faith that we are hidden in Christ. 
Our bodies, our minds, our flesh sure feel like we are living and suffering in this body of death. But the gospel redemption means that our true and lasting life is hidden with Christ in God. And when he appears, you also will appear with him. Also, don't miss that, you also will appear. What are you excited about heaven? What, what catches your attention? When you think of heaven and you say, yeah, yeah, I would like to go there. In fact, I hope that I'm saved such that I will go to heaven rather than receiving the just punishment for my sin in eternal hell. Why do I long for heaven? What do I want to see there? Well, friends, Christ will be there and you will appear with him. Is that your hope? Is that your hope of glory? Is that your hope of heaven? When Christ appears, you will appear. The essence of union with Christ is that we appear with Him. We appear like Him. That Jesus is the object of our faith. He's where we're going and where we are hidden. Our entire future, our entire inheritance, and our entire life is wrapped up in the hope of His appearing and we will appear with him. When he appears, he will appear in glory, our passage says. Joseph Lightfoot writes, Then you also will appear with him. The veil, which now shrouds your higher life from others, and even partly from yourselves, will then be withdrawn. The world which persecutes despises and ignores, now will then be blinded with the dazzling glory of that revelation. Man, would I love to just say that it's the world that persecutes, despises, and ignores the glory that is hidden with Christ in God. But don't we ourselves do this? We can at least say we ignore that great hope so very often. But that's why we are being called day after day and week after week to faith, to live not by sight, but by faith, faith that our life is hidden in glory. So our enemies, they may do as they please because our life is hidden with Christ and God. They can't get to it. They can't mess with our life. They can't steal our hope because we cling to it by faith, that which is hidden in Christ. When we see the glory of Christ, we will say, when we see the glory of Christ, we will say that, that is my glory. I'm hidden in him. This is my life. Friends, there are two basic applications of our passage today. The first is this. Look into Christ. Look, anticipate with action, with effort. We can't put ourselves in Christ. That's what Christ did in his death and resurrection and the application and gift of faith by the Spirit of God. We can't put ourselves in Christ, but we can put effort into knowing what that means, into searching after what he has purchased and keeps 
for His people. We put effort into looking into Christ and looking into glory. And second, and it's immediate, it's almost like, it's one of those application points that you don't really have to say, because if you do the first one, you're going to do the second one. That if you look into Christ, the second thing is that we would rejoice in Christ and glory. Because if you see him, you're going to rejoice in him. It's so very often the case that the application point of our passages and of our messages is worship. Worship, saints. Colossians chapter 3, verse 17. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything. You hear the effort that's behind that? Do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. Give thanks to God the Father through him. Through Christ. Even our worship is in, through, and hidden in Christ. I want to close by reading these words from the song Cornerstone. When he shall come with trumpet sound. When? There it is. Do you anticipate? Do you wonder when that great sound will blast across the universe the coming, the trumpet sound of Christ? Do you anticipate that like I anticipate my ring doorbell for a stupid Amazon package? <laughs> what about when the trumpet sounds? Oh, 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 may I then on that day in him be found. You see, I, I look at when the Amazon, we're about, I'm about 14 minutes away from home. And if it's a really good package, I'm going to make sure that I'm home when the truck is in my neighborhood. Do we, this greater glory, do we anticipate it in such a way? That may, may I then on that day be in him? In him, my righteousness alone. Do we know that no matter our investigation, no matter our transformation, it does not better qualify us to be in him, but I'm in him by his righteousness alone. Faultless. That's not true. Faultless to stand before his throne? No way. I know me. I know I've seen me and I've heard me and other people have too. This must refer to something glorious. I must be in him if I would stand faultless before that throne. May we investigate these things. May just a couple of the questions that have come into your mind have piqued a curiosity to investigate and research again what it means to be with Christ in glory. Heavenly Father, this is what it means to be redeemed. This is what it means to be caught up with Christ. Lord, I pray that if there is one here that is still lost in their sin and unbelief, there would be something about glory that catches their attention and know that it is only by the sacrifice of the Son and faith in your forgiveness that they might be saved and united with Christ. Lord, for all who are here, I pray that you would only increase our faith, 
that our faith would become our sight by which we live and expect and worship, even today. Thank you, Lord, that it is true when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him, with our Savior Jesus Christ in glory, in whose glorious name we pray. Amen.